everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we asked ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So some of y'all may have stumbled upon the infinite banking concept, and maybe you have a policy. Maybe it's a term, an IUL, VUL, maybe it's an old whole life policy that maybe your parents or grandparents started for you. And so what should you do with that policy? So we're going to talk about that today in this episode. Um, A few announcements before we hop into it. We're traveling all around the country, go to themoneymultiplier.com forward slash events, and you can see if we're coming to a town near you. All right, let's get into it. So a question I will get the majority of the time um, after maybe I get done talking on stage or I'm on the phone with somebody or maybe they stumbled upon my podcast, they ask me, they say, well, hey, I have a policy already. Can I use this policy for this concept? So let's kind of walk through the different types of policies that are out there. Now go back and rewatch. It's a podcast that I called Product Talk. And you can go back and I get really deeper into the weeds of the different types of life insurance vehicles that are out there. So I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds. But if you already have have an active term policy. All right, I got this term policy, maybe I got it 5, 10, 15 years ago, and it's 500,000 in death benefit. What should I do with this policy? So here's my advice. On a term policy that you already have, keep it. All right, keep it for right now. And then once you feel like you're adequately insured through your whole life permanent death benefit policies, that's when I would go in and cancel out the terms. You know, we like term. Term is cheap. It gives us the coverage that we need and protects the family, but term does not build any cash value. I kind of look at term as almost like you're renting the house, right? You're just renting it for that set amount of time. I'm not building up any equity inside of that property. Same thing over here in the policy world. So that's what term is. Term is like you're renting that coverage for that set amount of time. You know, honestly, if you actually win in a term policy, it's because you graduated or passed away during that time in that term period that it was actually in force and effective. And how fun and exciting would that be if that actually happened? So um, so term is great. We, we like it because it's cheap and it protects us and the family. Um, there's also two out there, like even convertible terms. All right. I kind of enjoy convertible term policies. Some of my folks will get them because they will get the convertible term because maybe right now they don't want to commit to a premium deposit into their whole life or maybe they are looking for some extra death benefit coverage along with their banking whole life policy and so convertible term is kind of cool because number one it's cheap again that's why we like it but the convertible aspect of it is that you can convert that term death benefit into permanent death benefit up to that equal amount of insurance 
and you don't have to go in and do any additional underwriting. So that's kind of why we like term the, the convertible term in that sense. Um, now, you know, cause God forbid, if you go out tomorrow and you get hit by a bus, your family's protected. So we, we want at least some coverage on our body. So term though, however, no, it does not build us up any cash value. And so uh, when you feel like you're adequately insured, that's when I would go in and cancel out the term. And how you do that, you just simply stop paying on it. All right, let's say you're on a monthly premium mode with that uh, company that your term policy is held with. You could totally just say, hey, I wanna be switched to manual billing, not make the policy premium and then just have it lapse on itself. I mean, it's that easy. You know, so then there's other types of vehicles out there. Variable universal life, VUL, or maybe an IUL policy, index universal life. And when you go on your journey learning more about the infinite banking concept, you'll stumble upon those vehicles because yes, they do build up cash value. But the big major differences between those VULs, IULs, and whole life, because this concept, we only want to use a whole life insurance policy. And I'll get into that here in just a moment. But you'll stumble upon those um, um, vehicles when you go out there and do your research on this stuff. But the biggest differences of why we don't want to use those vehicles is just because they will fluctuate based on market performances, whether it's a mutual funds it's being invested into or the S&P, whatever it is, it's going to fluctuate up and down based on what market performance is doing. And this whole concept is about getting out of the markets, getting out of of the government's hair and you being in total control of the warehouse of where your warehouse and the money. So in those types of vehicles, if you have an existing VUL, IUL, whatever, another vehicle that does build up cash value, what you should do is go to your agent who sold you the policy or you can call up to the customer service area of where that policy is held and ask them for what's called an in-force illustration. So in-force, I-N-F-O-R-C-E, in-force illustration, and what, what they'll send you, it'll either come to your email in a form of a PDF, anywhere from about eight to, I've seen up to like 35 pages of an illustration before, but they'll send you it via email as a PDF, or they may mail you that Enforce illustration. So if you can request for it to be electronically sent to you in that PDF format, and then send it over to me, all right? If you want me to take a look at what you already have, I will give you my opinion. Hey, what would I do if I had this policy? So you can send it to my email, Hannah, Hannah spelled the same ways forwards and backwards, Hannah at the money multiplier.com. And I can give you my feedback on what I would do with those types of vehicles. Now, those vehicles, here's one thing to understand. They have very high surrender charges in them. So if this is a new VUL, IUL type of policy, 
there could be some hefty surrender charges for about 10, 15, or 20 years inside of that policy contract. So weigh the pros and the cons if it's a good idea to 1035 that policy. We'll talk about a 1035 exchange here in a second, but it may be a good idea to 1035 that, get the money out of the market, and then put it inside of a vehicle, the whole life policy, where you can use the cash values and, and really build up your portfolio with the guarantees that come from the whole life. That's what we like. We want boring guarantees. I love boring guarantees guarantees because that means it's guaranteed to happen and I don't have to press my money into something that's going to go up or down based on external factors that I just simply cannot dictate. So that's why we're using the whole life. Now, what if though I have a old whole life policy or maybe a new whole life policy? Maybe I just got this thing last year before I knew any better and, and it's just traditional whole life. And, and now even traditional whole life, 100% base premium contracts, they are great. Yes, they do take up some time to build up the equity inside of that policy, but they're still great. So if you have an old whole life policy, it may be worthwhile to keep that thing because you've already done all the heavy lifting of the capitalization in the early years. And so it may be good to keep that and use it along with your other banking policies in your banking system here. So if you do have a whole life policy, you can do the same thing. Call up your agent or call up the insurance company that the policy is held with and request for that in-force illustration. Um, um, oh, here's some other tidbits. Also ask when you're on the phone with them, you can also ask uh, what the loan interest rate is. What is the loan interest rate at that particular company? So that would be good, uh, good information to know as well. But, um, but if you send me over a, a whole old whole life policy and it's got some age and maturity on it, I'm probably going to tell you to keep that thing. Okay, so even a policy that was not intentionally designed for the infinite banking concept, if it's got that age on it, you could be using it. So send over that Enforce illustration to me and I'll take a look at that policy as well. All right, now let's make believe that you sent over that Enforce illustration to me. What we'll talk about next is, is it a good idea? Should I keep this policy or can I 1035 it? Yes, you could surrender the policy, just totally cash out, surrender and cancel that policy, but there could be some benefits of why you would want to 1035 it. So just like in the real estate world, a 1031 exchange, it's the same thing just in the policy world, a 1035 exchange. So what you can do is you can internally transfer that cash value from the existing IUL, VUL, and internally transfer that over into your new whole life policy, dollar for dollar, tax-free. 
So, so then it just gets transferred over there and then, Hey, now it's just showing up in the new whole life policy dollar for dollar as cash available. So you can take that money right out and start using it for your XYZ business ventures that you're going on. So when, when should somebody do this? You know, 1035's exchanges are really there because everybody's financial life is is not stagnant. It it changes. We go up with our windfalls. We go down with the downfalls. You know that's just life, and so. In those, in those existing policies, there could be some financial changes or maybe some financial literacy that you stumbled upon and you're like, well, hey, th- this policy is not cut out to, of what I thought it was going to do and what I thought it was going to be. I have more education and more knowledge now, and that's why I want to get out of this specific type of vehicle. So that's why a 1035 exchange is really there. So... I like 1035 exchanges because, you know, let's say that you have had a policy for a long, long time. Cause like, you know, cause let's talk about this, you know, a question I'll sometimes get is like taxes, taxes regarding the policies. Well, there's not really any tax restrictions or, or, or I think that's the right word I want to use. I'll say it this way because inside of the policy, we put in after tax money. So after tax money goes into the policy and then now it's growing in a tax-free environment. So if you have a policy that's been established for a long, long time, and let's say that you've put in $100,000 of premium, just making up numbers. You've put in $100,000 of premium inside of that cash value policy. And now it's to the point where you have $130,000 of cash value, cash surrender value inside of there. Well, if you were to call up the insurance company and just totally surrender that contract, the insurance company is going to tax you up to your cost basis, meaning that you've put in $100,000 of out-of-pocket money, and when you cash out that policy and surrender it, they're going to give you $130,000. So the insurance company, they're going to send you a 1099 on the $30,000 that's over your cost basis. So that's why a 1035 exchange could be really good, because they you're avoiding the taxes and you can just internally transfer that money over dollar for dollar tax free. So, you know, why would people do that? Hannah, you just went through that example. I put in a hundred thousand, I got a hundred and thirty thousand, a thousand of cash value. Why would I do a 1035 exchange? Well, because maybe you're getting into your older stages of life and that IUL policy is maybe not performing as you thought it would be 30 years years ago. So, so that's why you may want to 1035 it because of that ongoing renewal cost of the insurance. But anyways, I'm getting way too deep into the details. So that's why some folks would 1035 a policy. And then obviously with term, 
We would talk about the term policy when you get approved for your new whole life policy. So from there, we'll see what that death benefit is on the policy. And if that death benefit on the whole life side totally satisfies uh, what you need for your insurance coverage on your body, that's when we'll go in and just cancel out and replace that term policy. Now, lastly, let's talk about when do we know when it's our time to start additional policies. So I get this question a lot. I was actually just out in Phoenix teaching a class this past weekend, and I saw a lot of my existing clients and members there, so that was a lot of fun. So shout out to you folks. It was great seeing y'all and hugging you and, and putting faces to names, because honestly, most of y'all I, I just know over the telephone. So that was really cool to go out and go see y'all. But... A question I was asked even this weekend was, well, okay, I have my one whole life policy right now. When do I know when I'm ready to start additional policies and really expand my banking system? Because go back on Nelson Nash's book. I want to say it's page 38, page 38 or 48. But he talks about how we need to expand the system so that income will equal premium at some point in the future. This is not an overnight process to start the first policy with all of your income going towards policy premium. And there, there's reasons of why, and we can get into that on another episode or offline. But as time goes on, you're going to expand your banking system and start more policies. So when do I know when I'm ready to start additional policies? So the question I ask myself, number one, on a monthly basis, I say this all the time. You guys know this. When you are producing your income, I don't care if it's active, passive, birthday money from grandma, a bonus check at work. You produce your income and it comes through the door. Then what you do is you send out your expenses. The house people, the car people, gasoline in the car, the grocery bill, the phone bill. You send out those expenses. Then what is your keeping money? Doesn't matter how much you make, it only matters how much you keep. So what is that keeping money on a monthly basis? And I'll even add, you should know where you're spending the money to. Track your expenses. You will be very surprised when you go through and you kind of find some expenses where you're like, holy shit, I'm spending a lot of money at this damn store. <laughs> so go in there and track the expenses and understand where the money's going. But then the keeping money. So... The first thing I, I look at is I really track to see if I'm on an inclining basis. You know, if I am netting an extra $500 each and every month, hey, I'm going to start another policy for $500 in premium. Just get, get that cash flow going towards policy premiums. So I really look at my financials and I do that monthly. And then like on a quarterly basis, that's when I'll assess my policy situation if I am ready to start more policy premiums. So I look at that and if I'm on an inclining scale, I will then start my additional policy. Let's say that I'm not, I'm not ready to start more premium commitment. Well, then what I'll do is with the keeping money, 
hey, can I go back in to some existing policies? Can I add extra paid up additions or sometimes what I like to call dump-ins? Excuse me. Can I add extra dump-ins or paid-up additions to this policy contract? And if the answer is yes, heck yeah. I'm going to go and dump in that money into my existing policies to get that money in there, capitalizing uninterrupted compounding interest. And if you're a part of the money multiplier, how you can do this call up your mapping specialist and say, hey, how much extra paid up additions or PUA can I add to my policy and avoid the MEC status? Because that's really what we're asking. How much extra can I put into this policy so that I don't go over that threshold of the modified endowment contract, the MEC limit? What is my threshold in the policy for this year? And so your mapping specialist then will call up the insurance company or send in an email. They'll find the information and then the insurance company will come back and tell us exactly how much extra we can dump into the policy at that time. So um, with this too, you can always call in to the insurance company directly, you know, because at the end of the day, your policy is always between you and the insurance company. So you can always call in, email in, and just ask them direct directly, how much extra paid up additions can I add to my policy contract without turning it into a mech? So that's what I would do is my second thing. If I am not ready for more premium commitment, let's go ahead and dump that money into my existing policies. If I have no additional wiggle room of extra dump-ins, extra PUA contributions, and I am not ready to start more premium commitment, well then, hey, I'll just simply go and pay back some policy loans. Go and pay back the policy loans so that then I'm safely warehousing the dollars inside of the policy contract itself so that it's just being stored safely and protected somewhere. So don't be afraid to pay back your policy loans. All right, policy loans are not the traditional loans in the sense that, hey, this is a payment and I'm never gonna see this money again. Like when we're thinking about loan repayments to a traditional bank. No, that's why I call it the glorified savings account. When you put money back in as a loan repayment, well, then now it just shows up as cash available again right inside of that policy. Now, bottom line is too, you know, if you are uninsurable, I would tell you to keep any and all existing policies that you have, right? You know, I, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but death benefit is very, very important. And so you should be protecting yourself, protecting your family. So if you are uninsurable, my advice is don't 1035 those policies, keep them active on your body. And when you're ready to expand your banking system and start new policies, that's when we'll just incorporate it. Oh, let's talk about that. You know, hey, what if I do tell you that it's a good idea to keep the existing policies that you have? Well, when you are ready, again, to expand the banking system, 
my mapping and implementation team, they will incorporate those older whole life policies because I probably am going to tell you probably just to only keep the whole life. Now I'll look at the IULs, the VULs, but when you send them over to me, I'm going to point out some big factors of why I just don't use them. I don't like them when we're trying to implement becoming our own banker because it's all about the process. So inside of those older whole life policies, if I tell you it's a good idea to keep that thing, then the implementation team, we will get them that in-force illustration and we'll also get them what the interest rate is on that specific company that you hold the policy with. And we'll incorporate that into your mapping sessions. All right. So my team, what, what we do over here, my work really doesn't begin until that policy contract goes active because how do I start using this vehicle now to do the final financing, the paying off the debt, whatever in my financial life. So the mapping team is there to meet you two to three times a year. And in those ongoing mapping sessions, they will incorporate those existing policies into the money multiplier map, your cash flow analysis, and the other tools that they'll build you. So reach out to me. I am here to help you. I know this was a short and sweet episode today um, because I got to get going. I actually have a a concert I'm going to this evening, so I'm very, very excited. Going to see some friends and go out, listen to some live music. So I got to get going. So send me your questions. Email me, hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. You can go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com. We have a whole bunch of videos out there, the blog posts, and just keep educating yourself on this stuff, y'all. Never hit the arrival syndrome of what Nelson Nash would always say. So until next time, I'll catch you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.